And then he just turns around and starts heading towards the woods. Oh. My father-in-law is kind of giving me the whole, you know, okay, if you can get a, if you can get a shot on him, you need to take it. You need to take it and let's just hope you get a good shot on him. So meanwhile, my wife is still watching the babies. She has no idea there's a buck in, <laughs> that we are looking at. So all of a sudden I can't look over there and be like, Hey, cover your ears. I'm about to about to shoot. Yeah. So she's watching the babies. All of a sudden she hears just bang. And I just <laughs> let it go. Welcome to hunting stories brought to you by late to the game outdoors. Everyone loves a good story and hunters have some of the best. Our whole mission is to collect and share great stories from hunters just like you to entertain and keep you motivated all year long. So pull up a seat around the campfire because here we go. What's up, everybody? Today I am uh, I'm honored to be sitting here with uh, Perry Snowden from Kentucky. Got another... Uh, it's Kentucky, the Midwest, or the South, or somewhere in between. It's, I should know. It's considered South. It's not very far from the Midwest, but okay. it's considered the South. All right. Uh, I forgive my ignorance. Uh, I'm a public school graduate. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we uh, man, just got a great... I love getting uh, people from other parts of the country, different experiences. Uh, the whitetail, in this case, um, which other than the, the little coos weirdos I chase out here, I don't have a whole lot of whitetail experience. So uh, love getting guys on who do. And uh, Perry, you you reached out to me man, probably a while ago because I'm bad at getting back to people. Um, but uh, just with just an awesome buck and a crazy story, and it's like I don't want to steal a lot of thunder, but this is your your first day ever in your life hunting, right? Yep. So I was <laughs> I was much like you, you know. I'm a late to the game hunter, um, similar to I know you've told your story before, but I. I started dating this girl is now my wife in college and her family lives out in Western Kentucky where this hunt was out in Paducah. And, um, we went hunting out there and her brothers hunt, her dad hunts. And I thought, well, I want to, you know, I want to go hunting. Yeah. So, (laughs) so we went out there and got to go hunting. And the first day we went is when I got this buck and we started off in the morning. We didn't get anything. And this is kind of what, you know, I've, I've heard you refer to like a kind of a bougie campsite where, you know, this is, <laughs> we, we can walk to where we want to be. And if we get cold or anything, we can go inside for a few hours and come back. But this is not, we are not camped out in the woods for three days or anything <laughs> out here. But we went out in the morning and, you know, it was my first time just part, one of my favorite things of hunting, even when I don't get anything, is just sitting there kind of just watching nature, just seeing like, how everything reacts from just not knowing that you're there, you know, you're just yeah. watching how the world's going. And that was cool for me because where I grew up in Kentucky, we didn't have hunting land, but we, I mean, we have deer everywhere. It's overpopulated <laughs> and they're so domestic. They're so domesticated where I grew up. Like I grew up um, near a country club and they would just walk across the golf course, just hanging out, walk down the road, won't move for the cars. Cause they're just so accustomed to, that area and they just know that they're not going to get killed you could almost you could walk up and pet them if you want you really could so out in western kentucky where there's plenty of hunting land you know i've never seen them out necessarily in the wild like in this sense so we go out in the morning we're sitting there and we see a few doe come through and they're you know just kind of watching us i'm watching them and it's me my wife and my brother-in-law and then you know, one of us makes a movement or something, and I've just never seen that that shriek 
that first time you hear the shriek and like they just jump straight up in the air and turn <laughs> around and just bolt and i was just like that you know your adrenaline's running and you're like oh my gosh that just happened right here <laughs> yeah. and so instantly i was like okay I, i'm getting a deer today i'm, I'm getting one it just seems like so, this is gonna happen guaranteed yeah <laughs> yeah so we stayed out there all morning tried a bunch of different area never saw any deer that we wanted to take and um, I was looking for a buck. I wanted antlers to put on the wall. I wanted them to be big. We have a lot out there and we are kind of, if it's six points or less, let it keep growing. We were looking for eight, 10 up. Okay. And so we just kept letting a few small little basket cases go. And, you know, I wanted my first deer to be mounted. So I was like, I want, you know, like every guy, I want, I want the big deer on the wall. Yeah. You don't want the little spike like, Hey, that's my first one. He was, yeah. He that's was my toddler deer. That was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we ended up going in for lunch and kind of hanging out inside a little bit. And then we're like, okay, we've still got plenty of time. Let's go try a different part of the farmland. So now we go out and we send my brother-in-law off to one area and my wife and my father-in-law and I go off to a different area. Now, my father-in-law is an experienced hunter like yours, and he, you know, he was being my scout, kind of guiding me, telling me what I need to do, what I need to look for, kind of any sounds we need to make, what we need to avoid. And my wife is there, and she will never go hunting with us again. So she, <laughs> she was very much team deer. She the whole time was just cheering for the deers to live. Wow. And so did she, I think grow she up wanted hunting or she, so her family grew up hunting, but she didn't necessarily, she was not a hunter. Okay. But I think it was more she wanted to go be there with me for my first hunt in hopes I got one. But at the same time being like, uh, I kind of hope Bambi makes it through another year. <laughs> okay. And so we're going out and it starts to get dark and it's starting to we have probably about an hour of light left. All right. You know, so my father-in-law is telling me, you know, we've kind of got a window. We've got about 20 to 30 minutes because if we hit one, we need to field dress it. We need to start getting it packed back out to his truck and get home. So meanwhile, while we're out there, my brother-in-law, see in Kentucky, if you are hunting on your family's land, you do not need a license. So, okay. For, I will say to everyone, get a license. This is not me <laughs> saying don't hunt without a license. But since me being young and dumb, I thought, well, I'm the you know boyfriend of the granddaughter. So clearly I fall under that family law, right? Course, you know, it's all family. It's, right? it, it's all, we're in Kentucky. It's all family. So <laughs> that's not the joke so, I was trying to make, but I'm glad. Yeah, you made it. <laughs> yeah I, I, can t I can sense it. So, <laughs> so we're out there and my brother-in-law calls us and says, hey, I just got a ticket. I'm, I'm like, uh oh, well, he's actually family. So if he's getting a ticket, I'm getting a ticket. Yeah, you've got no shot. <laughs> yeah. And he's on, he's away from us on different farm, but you know, it's all within the same vicinity. So apparently game warden finds him, which power moved by my brother-in-law that I loved was he said, let me see your license. And my brother-in-law says it's back home, makes the game warden follow him home just to show him his driver's license. So oh, man. <laughs> he's like, I meant your hunting license, but <laughs> so it was a good try. He says that he thinks it, he, that's what he thought he meant. But, you know, I think I think he might have been hoping the game warden's like, all right, just go on. Yeah. But he's like, I don't want to follow you to your house, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he tells us that 
And now we're nervous thinking, oh gosh, what, what if we do get one? Now Perry doesn't have a license. We're already, you know, thinking of a plan. Well, Richard, my father-in-law, it's like, you're, you know, you're the closest to the granddad. So you will call it in under your name and it'll be fine that you don't have a license. But for me, we're not going to call it in under my name if I get one now. Yeah. Well, so as we're talking about this, we're watching and my wife is sitting about hmm, probably six to seven feet to my left, sitting on the ground while me and my father-in-law are standing up next to a tree, looking out into a field. And all of a sudden two baby deer come out here, a bunch of doe come out. We're all just kind of watching. And my wife's, you know, she's like, look at the babies, look at the babies. And I'm like, shh, be quiet, be quiet. Don't, <laughs> I don't care about the don't babies. Don't say anything. <laughs> and so she's just watching the babies play in the field. And so while we're sitting there, my father-in-law just quietly elbows me in the side and starts nodding his head to the right. We see this 10-point buck come out. Man. And I'm thinking, okay, this is it. You know, are you that where you already feel your heartbeat start and you're like, okay okay, you're going to have to shoot this, but you're going to need to make a good shot. So I start going through all everything I've been told. It's like, okay, where do I need to put the placement? Where do I need to do this? Where do I need to do this? Don't, don't react too fast and jerk your gun up to shoot or anything. So I'm in a bad spot because it's on the other side of the tree. So I have to wait till he walks out into my view where I can actually get the gun up because okay. otherwise I'm going to have to lift this gun past a tree and get my father-in-law to either get out of the way or crouch down and shoot over him. And it's just not a good, <laughs> yeah, no, never a good, idea. not, not a good idea. So I'm just waiting for this deer to come out here. Well, he finally starts to come out and he can sense something is bad. Mm-hmm. And so he's kind of stops about halfway and I have where I can get my barrel of my gun up, but I can't quite get on his lung area at all. And so I'm waiting for him to come a little bit closer to me. And the shot wasn't too far, but it was a little bit of a decline. So I didn't want to shoot over him or anything. Yeah. And so he starts to come back. And like I said, it's starting to get dark. And then he just turns around and starts heading towards the woods. Oh. My father-in-law is kind of giving me the whole, you know, okay, if you can get a, if you can get a shot on him, you need to take it. You need to take it and let's just hope you get a good shot on him. So meanwhile, my wife is still watching the babies. She has no idea there's a buck. that we are looking at so all of a sudden i can't look over there and be like hey cover your ears i'm about to about to shoot yeah she's watching the babies all of a sudden she hears just bang and i just (laughs) let it go are you a new hunter or even a guy with some miles under his boots who's still just trying to figure it out i get it i've been there i'm an adult onset hunter who spent the last 15 years learning how to hunt and so i wrote the book How to Hunt, A Total Beginner's Guide to Hunting Big Game, as the resource I wish existed all those years ago when I first started. Whether you're planning to chase elk with your bow in the west, or you're hunting whitetails back east, this book will take you from knowing absolutely nothing to your first harvest. It's packed with hunting stories and plenty of those times where I royally screwed up, so you can learn from my mistakes and feel better that you're not the only one. You'll leave with a sound strategy for hunting big game and have plenty of laughs along the way. Grab a copy today at latetothegameoutdoors.com slash how to hunt book. And she's she's, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm like, be quiet, be quiet. We just shot a buck. <laughs> and I look over there, and it's one of those things where, you know, now I can shoot through the scope and I can keep my eye on the scope and watch 
watch everything through the scope to see if it falls or anything. I blacked out. The first first time pulling that trigger, I just completely blacked out. I just remember looking at the deer, thinking, this is a good shot. And then I was like, okay, hold your breath for a little bit. Let it out easy. Just softly pull the trigger. And I must have held my breath and softly breathed out about three times. I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> that wasn't a good breath. That wasn't a good breath. Like, I want to make sure it's a good placement. And then just it feels like a snap. And it's just ringing out. And I look up. and my, I didn't see it. I look up, my father-in-law's smacking me. He's like, you got him, you got him. He's down, he's down. So we're all excited. Yeah. We go running out there. And of course, you think it's always like, oh, the deer was right here until you have to get out there and go get him. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, he was a little bit farther than you thought. So we're walking up to him. And it was, it was a good shot. It dropped him, but it did. It was not a kill shot instantly. So, okay. you know, we had to go up there and, put another one in him just to end it yeah and at this time it is almost pitch black so like my pictures of my first deer look like they were shot on like a nokia in like 2005 <laughs> i mean it is pitch black and grainy but you know this was in 2012 or 13 so whatever phone technology was back then in the dark yeah they, and they i know i know the, cam the, the cameras now are just nuts so yeah so we are getting ready. And at this point, we're like, we just need to get it home. We can field dress it. You know, when we get there, we'll just grab on the antler and let's start pulling. So we call my brother-in-law to tell him. He tells us about his ticket being 400 something dollars. And we're gosh. thinking, oh my gosh, they're going to take my gun. It's collateral. They're going to take my prize buck I just got. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going to pay a $400 fine. So we are walking in the dark by our phone flashlight and anytime we hear a car or see lights up coming near we just turn it all off and we just sit down in the dark just sitting in the ground just <laughs> oh waiting gosh. just waiting being like okay let it pass let it pass we just got to get to the truck and we'll deal with it so as we're walking in the dark it is i mean we're pulling it through the woods and we have to go down a little hill and then pull it back up oh and gosh. in doing so me just being you know bulldozing man through the woods i'm just pushing trees out of the way and branches and bushes and pulling this deer as hard as i can and i pull back a branch and without thinking let go and it just swings back and just absolutely smacks my father-in-law right across the face oh god and that, that hurts so so bad. yeah so it's one of those things where it's like oh you okay and you know oh yeah let's get in the truck and we'll deal you know man problem we'll just deal with it later yeah so <laughs> so we got a job we, to do yeah we finally get it back to the truck we're all excited we we call the taxidermist we go and we get it field dressed out and everything and um take it to get we're going to get the meat processed and get the cape cut off to go get everything done and we're all excited so you know we go home back to lexington kentucky and central kentucky and my father-in-law has the deer getting it, you know, worked on at the taxidermy and everything. We are hanging out all pumped, ready to see how it looks. My father-in-law just kept complaining about chronic like headaches and his allergies were just awful and awful. And his sister-in-law is a nurse practitioner. And so she was like, okay, I'm calling you an antibiotic and, you know, we'll see if this helps. And, 
he had this chronic headache forever. And finally he went to the doctor and kept telling them, you know, this was before COVID. So if you can't smell and can't taste before COVID, this was, you got bigger problems. Yeah. No, it's like a brain tumor or something like that. (laughs) Right. Right. So they, they look up his nose and end up having to take essentially medical grade, like long nose pliers ultimately. And they pulled out a two inch stick from up in his nasal cavity (laughs) where I had let go of that branch and it smacked him so hard in the face, a twig had broken off and went up his nose. And so I just called him to confirm these because I, in my mind, I was like, oh yeah, it was up there a few weeks. And I just called him before this call. And he said that that happened in November when we got the deer. He went to the doctor. He said it was the day before July 4th weekend. It was July 3rd. So he has had a stick up his nose for eight months. And he said it was about two inches long and the diameter of a, you know, of a standard pencil up his nose. Two, like two inches. That's like long enough to be like, that's like pushing on your brain or something. Like, right. (laughs) It could have been real bad. I told him, I, I told him and I told you, I said, you know, now I'm the man of the house. I got the big deer at the farm. I'm marrying your daughter and I'm taking you out with a tree. So <laughs> you're just, you're coming in guns blazing. Yeah. Uh, pun intended. Yeah. Just take over so, the whole family. He, uh, looking back, you know, that's part of what, what always makes a good story is you got, you got out with a big trophy deer and then you had, there's always some other elements and layers to the story. It's like, remember that, remember that time that I smacked you in the face with a tree and you had a branch in your nose for nine months. <laughs> it was just great. You know, around the Thanksgiving table, the stories right. to remember. Right. So that, that was the first day I went hunting left with a 10 point buck. It's hanging up in my garage with my other deer now, but Man. that, that farmland has been unbelievable telling you i've got three 10 points there and two eight points and the next that next year my brother and i my brother-in-law and i went out there he shot a 10 pointer and while we were field dressing it an eight pointer walked up and stood about 20 feet from us watching us (laughs) and i had my gun laying on the ground i had enough time to get up walk over to my gun he started taking off just kind of hollered and whistled a little bit and he stopped and then i was able to drop him there so within about a span of an hour we dropped a 10 pointer and an eight pointer in the same farmland wow this is some quality land you're talking about yeah. out here. so whenever you want to come out and go whitetail hunting just come on out to western kentucky we've got we've got the yeah. bougie setup for you but i i, I may take you up on that i appreciate it <laughs> <laughs> wow that is so i i'm still like wrapping my head around first day you've been hunting for a matter of hours in your life and you dropped right. this massive buck uh did i assume game and fish never uh showed up and caught up with you and like that all nope, smoothed nope. out we we all got it taken care of we called it in and you know the family land and licensed ever since so yeah that's that was gonna ask yeah. i assume got you're buying a license card, every year got my license and tags everything so we're all we're all good now <laughs> that would fall under the lessons learned is always look up, you know, all your game regulations before you go on a trip. That is, uh, but that's an important young, lesson. dumb college kid just thought, oh, that's fine. Family land means I don't have to have a license. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, you never hunted before. That's what you were told. Like, yeah, I realized exactly. that. I realized that game and fish doesn't really care. Like they would say no, ignorance no, of the law. Yeah. It's not like, oh, well, we'll let you off this time. Like, right. But at the, uh, who could fault you for? 
I'm not a hunter. This hunting family told me this is how it worked. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Man. Uh, well, besides learning to always check the regs and uh, how to almost kill your father-in-law, uh, <laughs> anything else you kind of pulled from that or maybe even that you've learned now that you've become a pretty successful hunter out there like yeah uh, just just kind of something to share some lessons something that could help somebody out yeah one thing for me is just kind of like i know i think you've mentioned this before but it's just it's never too late to really dive into a hobby or anything you know yeah. i i was almost 20 never been hunting and you know now i love it and i'm watching you know, Steve Rinella and everything, reading all his books and already planning out, oh, we need to go out West and go do this and go do this. And yeah, you know, it's, it's one of those things where always at least try something. You may never know that you'll fall in love with it. Yeah. You, you could discover a new, I'll say passion, but you know, probably yeah. obsession is a more accurate word. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, it just, you know, if somebody invites you out hunting, which if you're listening to this podcast, you're at least vaguely interested already, but you know, right. Just just give it a try. Worst case is you're like, wow, that sucked. I didn't enjoy that. Yeah, okay, I sat out in nature on. and enjoyed nature for a few hours, you yeah, know, <laughs> which I'm sure. Yeah, even if you don't, I, I know it's hard sometimes to see from other people's perspective, but at the very least, how could you not enjoy? Like, I'm just sitting here in the peace and quiet watching animals move around. Like, even right. if that's all that happens, that's a good day. Exactly, exactly. Like, I haven't, I didn't get a deer the past two years. We've gone out there and you know we didn't get anything but it was just nice just being out there kind of just relaxed from you know the work week and everything you've got all the work problems all the you know any type of issue when you're out there hunting it's just it's just you hanging out in nature yeah there's you no know, problems it, it just kind of fades to the background you just <laughs> just it forces you to just like sit down be still hang right. out for a minute uh, cause we're all moving too fast anyway. Uh, you exactly. said you're, you're thinking about out West. Like, I'm just totally curious, like what, uh, what has piqued your interest coming out West? Well, you know, tip, typical hunter things. When you get one big deer, you're like, well, now I've got to get an elk, right? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just, it's like a horse it's with just, deer antler. <laughs> exactly. So, um, in Kentucky, we have a, a huge elk population out in Eastern Kentucky, but it's all done by a raffle in a lottery okay. yeah so which i know a lot of western states are the same yeah but for us the chances you you have to enter a lottery and you can enter once a year and i think it says your chances is like a hundred one in 130 okay well, and so could be worse it's not yeah it could be worse <laughs> i i was looking at some when i was just looking on google at some of the other states out west to try to go to some of them were even i forgot where one of them was like one in 300 Oh, I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, that's nuts. What, you're in Arizona, aren't you? Yes, yeah. And do, we, are, are you all a lottery out there? For elk, yeah, everything's draw lottery. Yeah. Um, and it's, as a resident, like I, I, my favorite spot is like a middle of the road unit. Like there's a lot of elk, but not like the biggest elk. So it's not, there's like a couple famous trophy units that take forever to draw. But usually, right. I, I usually only get a tag out here once every four years or so. Yeah. You got to build up some points and get that, but... You know, I just finally after it took me 13 years to draw an antelope tag because our oh you know, wow there are some of those units, especially for a rifle hunt, my draw odds were in the fractions of a percent <laughs> to to pull oh, that wow. tag. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, there's that. But there's you know, I'm sure you've been looking places like Colorado, Utah, Idaho. Like there's places you could just go. I'm gonna buy a tag and I'm gonna go. 
Right, right, exactly. So I would like to plan a trip out there and, and go elk hunting and just kind of broaden my horizon from whitetail. Yeah, it's, uh, it'll, it, no, I'm, I'm certainly, whitetail sounds amazing. Like <laughs> what you're describing, I'm like, that sounds awesome. I should go try that. Uh, yeah. But, but elk is also just a, it's such a different experience. Uh, but right. it's very, the first time you're in the woods and like if you go bow hunting and they're screaming in the rut, like you hear that elk bugle in real life and you're just, it'll, it'll make the hair on the back of your neck stand up for sure. It's just exactly exhilarating. Um, man, that's, that's so cool. We, we definitely need to stay in touch. I want like, if you actually come out yeah. this way, like I will, I want to know, I want to just, I, I want to hear how that goes. We'll have you back on, tell the story of your first Western adventure. All right. Well, hopefully I, you know, if, if that's the case, hopefully I get a, you know, a first time big, big antlered elk too on my first <laughs> trip out there. <laughs> based on your luck, I might've I used up, I might've used up all my luck though. Well, you know, there are some guys, I have some friends who are just those, they draw all the tags. They just sort of like luck into record animal. Like they're, yep. just, they're just those guys in the hunting world. So that, that may be you. You'll just come out here and put down a 400 inch bull <laughs> first try. And right. think, what's all the fuss about? Elk hunting's not Exactly. Hard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, well, Perry, where can, uh, if people want to, you know, connect with you or follow your your exploits on this magical land of whitetails, uh, where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me on pretty much Twitter and Instagram. It's just Perry Snowden. Um, no letters or anything, but I don't, I, I hunt a lot in the, around the fall but other than that it's mainly just a bunch of sports takes if you want if you want to follow whatever sports teams i follow and <laughs> if you want to see what i'm grilling because i'm a big grill guy with a big green egg so oh yeah the, you can come for the deer pictures and stay for the steaks that, i hope that's your bio that's a good phrase <laughs> 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 that's perfect uh man well i'll i'll link that in the show notes too just so people have okay. an easier time clicking on it um but but man perry thanks so much for sharing the story and uh I'm curious to just let's stay in touch i want to hear how your future years and if you come out west like i want to know how that goes yeah sounds good man awesome well thanks so much no problem i appreciate you having me on Thanks so much for tuning in to Hunting Stories. And if you want to stay up on what we're doing with the podcast or anything else going on with Late to the Game, go ahead and check us out at latetothegameoutdoors.com or give us a follow on Instagram at latetothegameoutdoors. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. <laughs>